Welcome to Payne on Politics, a podcast where host Dr. Gregory Payne of Emerson College sits down with fellow experts to discuss the current state of politics, public opinion, and global affairs. In a world growing increasingly complex, communication and critical thinking is key. This only makes the Emerson motto, expression necessary to evolution, more true. Hello, this is Gregory Payne, the Chair of Communication Studies at Emerson College, the first communication department in the United States, also co-chair of the Emerson Blancarna Global Center. And we're here on the beautiful Boston Common during one of the last weeks of a semester. And this semester has been very special to me because I've been in charge and been lucky enough to have just a group of gifted students from across the college, not only communication studies, but also VMA, WLP, performing arts, you name it, we've got it. We've also had a lot of speakers here, including Ron Stokes, who talked to us about this narrative of Jackson State. We've brought in people like Lee Schwabel. Lee, if you're listening to this, we're happy because not only did you provide us insights in terms of what occurred at Kent, but we're going to be seeing you soon, thanks to your generosity, by bringing this seminar class to Kent State. I will go on and on with regard to those visitors, but I don't have the time because I've got two distinguished guests who are in the class. And I'd like, first of all, if we could, could you please introduce yourselves? So we'll go with our VMA ambassador, Misha. So uh, I'm Misha, I'm a VMA junior, and uh, I took this class uh, to learn about Kent State, and uh, I am I'm happy with what I've learned. I think it's a great class. Terrific, and then over here, you said this is your first time on camera? Yeah. I don't think it's gonna be your last, okay. <laughs> and your name, Hopefully. and it's why did you take the class? I'm Wen Hao, I'm a Com Studies major senior, and I'm taking this class like for not only learning communication and also understand some history of the United States and how to like to like the two events like sort of like combine. Well, you know what's interesting I think for both of you, and of course we have a, a large number in the class, is that we've been exploring the various mediated realities, and that is different stories, uh, and of course. What would, your, what would be your favorite, Misha, in terms of mediated reality? It doesn't mean that it's one that you agree with, but one that at least was out there and has popular support. Well, I think the one that's been most relevant to my experience in the class has been the, the version of the, the pro-guard, anti-students one, the one about the students were ratchety and uh, the guards needed to crank down on them because that they were disturbing the peace and stuff like that. That's just been my experience through the class because I played a guard during the Southwick play for the recital. Yes. That was also the agenda that we looked at in regards to, you know, me and a fellow classmate Quinn, we did a presentation about that. Yes. So it just seems to be continuously reoccurring that I have to defend the the guards view of thing, things, um, which, uh, you know, that's, that's one of the main lessons we took away from your class is that every sort of event has from it spins many agendas, right. many different narratives about it, and uh, it's like a it's like a puzzle trying to fit together what everyone thinks and try to arrive at some objective consensus. Well, I think that's the key. There are various mediated realities, as you said. Uh, one that uh, strikes a responsive chord is the fact that Governor Rhodes, uh, who was someone who called in the guard more at Kent than all other governors. Uh, combined, he called in the guard, and of course he gave that very famous speech in which he said, 
what we have here is the worst type of people we harbor in America. When he says what we're going to do with it, we're not going to deal with the situation, we're going to eradicate it. So when you look at the power of rhetoric, the power of words, what was your favorite mediated reality on Kent State? Yeah, my favorite is not really a popular one, but I think it is a response to the like the report of Kent State Grand Jury. It yes. is made by a student organization in Kent State University. It is called uh, the Committee of Truth and Justice. What I really like is that they're really trying to tell the story. They're trying to tell the key truth that no guard is dead, no guard is being harmed, no student is armed, and students are dead or shot are really far away from the guard. They're really trying to tell the key truth that, like, the report by the Kent State Grand Jury is nonsense. But they, like, they didn't explain so many details, like the mysterious burning of ROTC building, or like the fire on Friday, like, what, what who started it is some more psycho gang or something. Yes. They didn't explain that. Yes. Yeah. The only thing they tried to explain is that the student didn't have the ability to harm the guard, and it is the guard trying to kill the students. And they also like, like having like so many statements on how can state is not really political. How like students, they are mostly not political. They're not protesting. They're just like going to see what's going on. Then they got shot. Then they got killed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think like they're trying to talk or like communicate with the general public. Yes. Like at that time, like when like some like can say locals or like some people are not like really like student protests against Vietnam War, they think mm -hmm. that it is not really patriotic or something. Yes. They're trying to talk to that population that these students are not political at all. Can say it's not political at all. They're just like victim, they're just like being shot. Okay, I think what you said then is, of course, Portland County Grand Jury report something that Misha said uh, is something that at least a lot of people believed, over 55, 60% exonerated the guard. They, of course, said the guard had to fire because their lives were in danger. President's commission said absolutely not, unjustified, unwarranted, and inexcusable. If we move forward, and I think for anyone who's listening, uh, Japan on politics on Kent State, uh, of course, uh, what you find is I've had a long history with that, having written the first dissertation at the University of Illinois on it. But we decided to really showcase uh, not only the events 53 years after, but we had a retrospective. And the retrospective was for us to, go, to reflect on what occurred and lessons learned, etc. And we had people like John Philo. Uh, and Mary Vecchio was coming, but she had a rotator cuff surgery, so we're going to have her in the fall. Uh, Misha, from your perspective, what was it like meeting John Philo? What's the lesson? What do you take away from that meeting? Because he won the Pulitzer Prize. He was a student. Took that picture that's, of course, on my wall here of Mary Vecchio leaning over the body of Jeff Miller. We all met John Philo, the class, before the, the official retrospective. Uh, it, was very, it was very personal. It was very uh, surreal, just, you know, having had a whole class and, you know, always knowing this picture, even prior to that class, it's one yes. of the most iconic pictures in journalism and just the fact that you know the guy was there and how down-to-earth he was and how humble he was and how resistant he was to any like you know praise or talking up his noteworthiness because obviously you know this is someone that changed the course of American history just you know arguably brought the Vietnam War way quicker to an end than it would have otherwise uh, you know in some ways kinda minimized 
future protests just by helping broadcast how how unforgiving the the military was about you know students protesting. Uh, yeah, it was. I think uh, it it stunned me. It stunned me in a way that I mean, no offense to any of the other guests we've had, but it, it was definitely like the the peak guest we had, and it was quite it was quite like I said surreal. And uh, yeah, it was just just surreal, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know, it was very touching for John. Of course, John uh, always blamed himself uh, for putting Mary Vecchio forever in that photo because. She, of course, afterwards was harassed by the FBI. She lost her jobs. Her father actually sold T-shirts with that picture on it. And she basically said when I brought them together at Emerson in 1995 uh, that that photo was very important to her. And instead of blaming John, she said the two of them had helped in the war. She said this is part of God's plan. So, Wenchao, from your perspective, uh, what was it like when you talked to uh, John Philo on that evening. You also, of course, met Russ Miller, who was Jeff's brother. Yeah, I think like, yeah, like Misha just said, like, Mr. John Philo is very, like, down to earth. Like, I think, like, if, like, John is a professor or something, like, definitely will take his class and talk about his previous experience and, like, his profession or something like that. And, like, what really hits me is that, like, how, like, not, o not only during the event, like when John is trying to take pictures, cover the event, but also after that, how he tried to save his photographs, tried to release it, tried to tell everybody the truth. It's not as how they report at that time. I believe that, I mean, that struggle kind of reveals like how hard it is like for you to deliver a message that like not everybody likes it. When somebody tried to hide this part of truth, then delivering it could be pretty hard. Like, 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 he got trouble from FBI or something. That's not everyone experienced in his yes. life. Yeah. Yes. Well, with regard to the retrospective, why don't you just summarize briefly? Uh, this is one where we really sort of immersed you in it. We didn't have a lot of help. As a matter of fact, we had no help other than just what you all did. What Misha did you do in terms of you were in the uh, you were in the requiem, so you did that piece. What else did you do with regard to getting the word out on the rec on the retrospective? Well, I uh, put it in my Instagram story. I, uh, I invited several of my friends, uh, most of whom came. I was in charge of the technical aspects, uh, which is why the, the live feed didn't happen because I'm, I'm a bit incompetent at my job. Um, what else? Well, uh, well, you made some of those characters come alive with your portrayal, so that was very good. I did that at the, yes. at the Southwick recital. I played two characters. Uh, the citizen and the teacher. It, it was kind of. It was. Uh, it was not so standard of a play with like plots and stuff like that. It was just kind of, you you wrote it, I believe, right? Yes. Yes. So it was all these different like personified agendas. Yes. Through you know these four people, and it was it was quite, quite good writing. It was so these four personified agendas, and they all like, sort of sort of cut each other off and try to make sense of the, you know, the tragedy that happened and. Yeah, I just think the retrospective was really, it was emotional, it was very valuable in terms of just, I, you could tell just looking at John Philo's face and, you know, the other people that were there that had connections to it, that it was it was a very, very well appreciated, uh, successful. So. Well, thank I mean, in part, I think, thank you for bringing that uh, opinion, even though it's not one that brings us together, it's one that expresses that, that conflict and still today. Okay, an international student, what did you do and what did you take away? 
uh, I, I'm like basically doing some like posters, mm -hmm. like posting that, and also like doing some external PR, like editing our press release, and when the final version comes out, just send it out to like looking up like well like university press or newspapers yes. in Boston they have and trying to communicate with them trying to send emails they're not responding so I just send it again yes. and again yeah, and doing something like that and also like like doing some like Instagram posts and everybody coming or talk to some of my like friends they speak Chinese I say like you guys are like you pretend to like being very interested like student protests or something yes. like that is a retrospective on that that is yes. A story like happening in like different political system, you must like come and try to understand the event, understand the emotion, understand what's happening back then. Yeah, just come, and they have like some food or something. Like I, I don't know what they come for, but they they finally came. So yeah, <laughs> terrific. So I guess my question as we as we close here, because I know you've got finals and other things to do, is if I said to you. Hashtag, as you know, I always do. What would be your hashtag on the retrospective? Kent State, Jackson State, 53 years later at Emerson College. I would say hashtag success. Success. Yeah, that is a real success because I think the retrospective not only like look back to past, like but also like we're like looking forward, what we can do in the future, what we can try to do to avoid that. I believe it is very positive, like bringing everybody to think about their problem, bringing everybody to like look back from history and look forward. That's a great synopsis. It's as Sandy Anna said, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. Misha, your hashtag? Like I said, hashtag valuable, because I think it was it was a necessary thing. I think it was uh, something that really, really brought people together. And uh, I'm glad it happened. So so shout out to you for, for doing it. Shout out to Soren, who, who headed most of it. and. Uh, yeah, it was a great event. I'm, I'm just very glad that it exists as opposed to not existing. Thank you so much. I think for Paint on Politics, what I would say is these two young men are examples of what Mary Vecchio has said that was all about in terms of wanting to be in the Requiem at the very last line. Because what she said was, those who carry the lanterns of truth must pass those lanterns on to the next generation. So these young men and the people in Kent State, Jackson State at Emerson College are passing the letters on, lanterns on, and in a few days we're going to see those lanterns glowing brightly at Kent State, Ohio. So for Paint on Politics, we're over and out from Boston. Hopefully we'll see you soon at Kent State. Take care. Thank you, Young, as well as Misha. Thank you. This is great. Thank you.